Hi, I'm welcome back to the K-Hole. I'm Mary Kay, and joining me this week is Moses Archuleta. Hey, thank you for having me. Sorry, I'm just getting my headphones adjusted. All right, cool. I think that's better. Uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I've been meaning to catch up with you for a while. Yeah, it's one of the nice things about having a show is I have like a semi-formal excuse to talk to people. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't need an excuse, but... It's similar. I've been taking a lot of, which I usually make fun of this kind of behavior, but I've been taking a lot of like lunch and dinner meetings lately, but they really are like meetings, but it just feels also a little bit like, yeah, like I'm kind of creating a format with which to catch up with some people too. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, I think this, the concept of a social format is um, underappreciated sometimes. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, like a, a meeting, like a, a dinner or like a lunch meeting is like a really good pretense to just yeah. like catch up with someone or like... um Movies yeah, tend just, to be not great. Movies aren't great for it because yeah. you want to sit. Although I'm someone who likes to talk a lot during a movie, which I know can be really frustrating for people. <laughs> it uh, depends. It just depends on which viewing it is for me, I guess. But like, sure. I think everything's welcome at a movie, just depending, you know. I will, obviously, I won't talk in a theater. Or I will, but very quietly. <laughs> yeah, <but> sure. <laughs> I, was, um, I was once yelled at in a theater for laughing too loudly Mm -hmm. and the movie was joker Mm -hmm. i um i was not a fan of the movie at all i was not Uh, a big fan but i thought it was very funny but maybe not in ways that it was intended to be funny sure i I, i'm not sure if i laughed out loud enough i definitely felt like just like i want this to be over like constantly and i also was like this this film is like very in love with itself which was driving me crazy. Um, and I even found like Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix's performance to be very off-putting at times and not in the ways I think that were intended. Yeah, I mean, I feel like those are the two kind of approaches that I take to um, to life a lot of the time is like you can either be laughing or uh asking desperately um when is this going to end yeah totally um totally that's not that is definitely not untrue <laughs> i guess that's kind um, of there's, logic there's been a lot yeah yeah but everyone has slowly but surely almost universally it feels like come around to the idea that like joker mindset is a real mindset uh in the world yeah. Um, and has been for a while. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's just funny that, that it's such a concept that's become so codified, really, at this point. And that movie really kind of, I guess, was like the last thing to just kind of just push it over, push it that last bit into where it's just like everybody knows what it is on some level between Heath Ledger and then like everything else online and then like Jared Leto and then this joker movie it just feels like it's like it feels like the joker project is complete as far as being mainstream (laughs) yeah which makes me feel like now if there was a joker (laughs) 
Hmm. It would be like, like everyone already basically is sort of in that space. Not everyone, but a lot of people are in the space of like ironic yes. derision yes. of of everything and sort of just like like dark acceptance, kind of acceptance, kind of resignation. And so like a joker, I feel like in this world would be like, well, I can't screw with anyone because they already basically believe all of this stuff. Like, so he, the joker would have to be very serious, I feel like. Uh-huh. Or he would just like not care and just be chilling. He would finally go on vacation. He would be like, yeah, my work here is done. Yeah. Society has become jokerified. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I uh, I think it's a, it's a very useful lens to adopt for perspective. Um, and it's even fun to mess around with a little bit, but then like you do have people, individuals who I think take it uh, way too far. A, a, I think a premier example to me would be Elon Musk. Mm. who I feel like thinks that Joker mindset is cool to adopt and use in any of his exploits, which are many, including just tweeting, right? Yeah. Like, um, and it's really irresponsible for someone with that much um, I mean, influence. <laughs> it's almost like more understandable to me because if you have that much money, I, you're basically a different species at that point. Yeah, yeah. Like you're you're not I think I think there is a point of money where you just are different. You're not a homo sapien anymore. You're mm-hmm. like um homo sapien. Yeah, I, 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 I hear this. I definitely yeah. hear that. Yeah, I definitely think it like this can like kind of lead to a topic that's been on my mind a bit lately, which is like Have you seen the new mutants movie? The New Mutants movie. Yeah. No, is did, that? Did you ever read the New Mutants at all? No, that was one of those things from the '90s when Marvel was like, "Oh, everyone loves X Men, so what if we just made like a bunch of other X Men?" Right? I think it was the version that they tried again in the early aughts. That was kind okay. of cool, actually, because they kind of worked out the thought exercise that is what you were just kind of positing about, like the Joker today. You know. Mm -hmm. Um, they were really trying to imagine, okay, like, let's get past all the old X-Men stuff now. And let's, like, talk about what it's like now. And so it gets into a lot about how there's a lot of confusion and derision about what the X-Men ended up being and Professor Xavier and everything. Because socially, I think the whole thing just went to shit as far as, like, in society's eyes. You know, um, and you can tell like in the world, there's like an aftermath for it that's like a little bit different and that like anyone who is a mutant is like obviously like in hiding, I think, but it seems like they've gotten rid of almost everybody too. Uh, but like obviously new generations are having iterations of new mutations and the mutations are really interesting actually because they're much more, they're much more nuanced and insidious and um and kind of like a like collaged or mismatched right like the powers that a lot of the like kids have or the teenagers in it like are like like kids will have like 
four or five kind of different abilities that don't quite seem like they go together, but they do because these kids mm. are much more like dynamic, atomized, like kind of fragile, but also like new types of individuals and just a newer advanced society, you know? And I think it's definitely reflective of how you see there's a lot of conditions that continue like both every decade, like new and new ones keep emerging and stacking up, right? And a lot of them are like various autoimmune conditions or I don't know, just a lot of things that feel like they're just becoming responses to how everything has just continued to progress in the wrong manner in particular regard to Western capitalism and globalism, you know? Um, and anyways, I thought in the the New Mutants, it actually tried to do a very interesting job of kind of almost like, like foretelling that the way that like X-Men did too, um, about just a general kind of world in which people are afraid to like, be any different or special or know that they like could be something more than the world keeps telling them they are um especially in like a very changing one because i don't know if you agree or disagree but like everyone tries to act like everything's just constantly more the same and it is obviously but like things are, are very different now <laughs> like uh things are constantly different but things are moving really fast day about how like being online mm-hmm. means being connected to youth culture in a way that is kind of unprecedented um mm-hmm. like for better or worse right yeah um yeah. that that if you are spending time online you're being exposed to like content and styles that are being pioneered by teens all the time yeah. on TikTok or on um, on Instagram or whatever. And um, previous generations, just there wasn't, you didn't have that. There was a much yeah. cleaner break, it felt like, um, or it seems to me that there was. Whereas it's get th- get things are getting fuzzier, but like there still is this expectation to like, it's, it's like you're, trying to tune into stuff that like isn't really about you or by you, but it, it's setting the terms of the culture. And it's strange to me how it seems like the age group that is like setting the terms of culture has gotten like younger and younger and like culture has accelerated to the mm-hmm. point where like, you know, references that like, you know, when, when I was in high school, like cultural references would be like to, um tv shows like the simpsons Mm -hmm. or like or movies or whatever now there are cultural references that are like tiktoks which are like about like the the chain of reference is so much longer and um the the life cycle of those things is so much shorter it feels like Mm -hmm. that i could see someone being like in high school and then graduating and being like well I don't understand the culture anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is a weird feeling. 
maybe it's not so bad. Maybe having cultural burnout like at a younger age is maybe going to be a healthier thing in some longer term landscape. I don't know. I haven't actually really thought about it like that. But I mean, what you're talking about is like, especially, I think, harsh the way it manifests in some places. Very good examples, New York City, where people can kind of live like a very extended, like immature life. Yeah. And then like when you add that aspect of it, what you just kind of laid out or uh, like outlined, like on top of that. And then like the fact that those people also like socialize IRL too sometimes, like young people online have a lot of like social currency, you know, it's real weird out there sometimes. <laughs> like, I don't know, you, 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 you tend to tweet very well about such things. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I tend to like often very much agree with your online opinions. And I also tend to know when they're in jest or not and how much percentage of jest is going on, <laughs> you know, uh, which I know isn't always easy. It's weird. People always used to say like, you can't be sarcastic online or something like that, or sarcasm over text doesn't work or whatever, but it's just like, I think there's like people like you and I who just like gave up a long time ago on like whether or not that was okay or not. <laughs> Cause it's like, I know yeah. exactly what I'm saying when I'm posting stuff, but I can tell it's maybe like a bit complex to some people or like you're saying, it's just incredibly specifically referential. But yeah. I still feel like I'm always trying to use like, same as you, like very recognizable, simple formatting tools with which mm. to draw it back to something that is like grounded enough. Um, whether they're just patterns, formats, uh, you know, riffs on other things. I mean, what you're saying is true in the meme format too. And I've actually been getting into one or two very funny recent like rows with like a friend or two who's like academic and like very tipsy who like starts getting really upset that I'm trying to have academic discourse beginning <laughs> with the meme and they get like real not happy about it. Um, <laughs> and like, I can't help but like laugh at it. That's like some Joker shit to me. Cause like having a huge chip on your shoulder because of your expensive degree is just such a crazy mindset to be stuck on, I think. Um, and yeah, I'm sorry. I've definitely seen memes that totally distill what some academia tries like way too hard, just like how a lot of power brokers try way too hard to instill their livelihood with some kind of like mystery power language. Mm. You know, uh, I think like people, academics are not the only ones. They'll just people in general tend to grossly overcomplicate things in the world that aren't that complicated or don't need to be and are actually like pretty simple. Like yeah. I think a pretty simple way of living that is very true and it sounds possibly hippie-ish or it sounds like I could just be like not using enough dynamic creative words to explain a very like dynamic concept. But I mean all those things when I say like listening to one's intent is like one of the best things you can do in your life ever. Just know that so many things get in the way of that and it's hard to hear your own tent, but it's like, damn, like everyone's able to hear it. Even if you see a bunch of noise and static, you hear or feel something that's either telling you yes or no. 
I've been having a lot of personal breakthroughs recently because I've been having a lot of unusual health issues, um, which are still a bit mysterious to me. But like, I'm also like fine with it because like I know what I need to know to have the kind of life that like I, I want to continue to have. So it's just like, I'm not concerned with as much data or with as much how much some words mean as some people do. And you see this happen a lot with regard to um, any kind of information or science or medicine and in particular like drugs and in particular pharmaceutical drugs and in particular pharmaceutical drugs versus illicit drugs. And then in particular, what is the advice of the government slash your family slash your doctor versus what is the advice that something in your intuition is telling you that something is or isn't right with like the whole picture, uh, especially when it comes to personal health and well-being, especially like emotionally and mentally and psychologically um, and spiritually even. I mean, this country just like practically gives booze away as the most of the world does, but let's just focus on America for now. And it's just like, I think booze is like a real spirit killer, unfortunately, at the end of the day. Mm. Um, I'm not saying booze, I mean, everything's can be bad depending on how you use it, but it's just crazy to me. I just find booze so destructive. Uh, I mean, your show is called The K-Hole and I know it's a riff <laughs> on your name, but like, granted, I do have some like, I think some people are fucking around with K in a way that they don't know what they're fucking around with or how they are. And it's yeah. like irresponsible, but people are like that about anything. And that's why that when there's like a drug, like, like a drug of like, you know, like a trend, right? Like whenever there's a trend, it's like yeah. people will just then do a bunch of that with the same intent that they do everything else, which is tends to be disassociation, escape raging yeah. party whatever catharsis but it's like usually not about personal work for most people and i get the hunch that you have and still do regardless of whatever it is you're doing and that includes a more edgy substance like hey or something by most people's metrics or some people's metrics uh that you uh you're not just um being passive I suppose, because I notice with a lot of language with regard to drugs, people use passive language is the is mm. the common vernacular, yeah? Like you go on trips when it comes to psychedelics. Like when it comes to K, people fall into a K hole. There's mm. like a very passive role being established right off the bat. And I think that is where people just choose to limit themselves and stay, um, in my opinion. Yeah. And my experiences. I don't know if that resonates with you and yours at all. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's totally true. Um, Terrence McKenna <laughs> made a distinction between, and it's kind of a fraught distinction, but between drugs and um, like he didn't think of classical psychedelics as drugs in the mm -hmm. same way. And um, partly because like the use pattern is so different for most people. Mm -hmm. um, like they're not about compulsive use for, th for the purposes of numbing. Um, 
And he he also didn't trust alcohol. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that, I didn't know that, but that's cool because I actually really don't like. Uh, yeah. I know how to handle my liquor, you know, like better than most anyone. Like I know in general, but it's like a choice. Yeah, and yeah. also, yeah, it's a choice that did a lot of like damage to my body. Still, like choosing yeah. to kind of like just soldier through like long nights of drinking or whatever. Especially like I know you play music right like you play bass <laughs> i did back in high school yeah so yeah so by me but, but okay okay but whatever whatever it is that you do at night with your friends especially when you're late teens early adulthood yeah. it involves a plenty of that usually because it is the readily available thing to you yeah uh, to everyone and uh but yeah you know no one on k is going to try to get behind the vehicle of a wheel you know but people who drink definitely want to drive like yeah you know i just yeah but whatever there's like it like doesn't matter how many uh um legitimate like angles you can point out about all these like um uh, like all these uh inaccuracies and these kind of foul uh, like fallibilities of how the government goes about all this it's like we could go all day right it's just like it's all about not leaving a dollar on the ground whenever that gets collectively decided enough you know, that's all yeah. it is. Um, I know there's a few more studies now, too, about Molly and MDMA. There well, are. Whatever you yeah. want to call it as being, like, not, like, a horrible thing either, depending on what its utility is, what the dosage is, um, and what, the, like, the context is. And I'd say, like, for, like, a stretch of a, like, uh, like a few day stretch in a week, like a four or five day stretch once like this year, like earlier, like I just like tried it. Like I read the, the medical journal study and then like, I just set out the dosages like similarly, except I even like cut it down less. Cause like I'm on a different eating and, and physical regimen or whatever. And my body's different. And then like, then like whatever tests, like kind of like models they were running here. And then like, I just like, basically just tried it yeah and it was very interesting because like it didn't have the like serotonin brain drain thing that happens mm. you know and like it did seem like it created a nice improvement and it was like i didn't need caffeine i didn't need you know just all kinds of things like i just was like kind of even and fine like i didn't notice that i was feeling anything quite extra but then i also didn't really notice a come down Except for like one time when I think like I like cut a piece that was a little too big and I didn't feel that, <laughs> you know, but then I was like, okay, so like I can see like where the boundaries of this are, you know, in terms of any kind of practicality. But I found it more practical and illuminating than I even thought it would be. I thought maybe wow. it would be for people who only had more serious, yeah, maybe like massive depression type issues or, you know, hospitalization efforts uh surrounding it but uh but yeah and i haven't told my um therapist about it and she found it interesting because she also read said article um you know i mean she's not really advising me one way or another with regard to like literally telling me what to do or not to do but like generally in the two years that her and i have had a relationship like we seem to have a good open trusting communication line and understanding and i certainly have no intention of being like uh careless with my own health or life like i don't know what people imagine when they imagine these kinds of things but like you and i are not sitting around <laughs> like, i don't know what people think of right when you use these words 
but I feel like it's something cartoonish and it involves like massive quantities of things. Mm. Um, and neither of these things are the case. I, uh, it like, you know, unless it's like, I guess people are partying, which is something that like, I pretty much feel like not doing anymore. I think, I think I'm retired. <laughs> Like, I don't know about you, but I feel mostly retired. <laughs> like, I just want to, like, talk and chit-chat and watch movies and cook and then, like, make music and art. There's a lot to be said for all those things. You, you Vegan cooking has been really good for you, yeah? Yeah, it's been really great. I um, um have cooked, like, on and off throughout my life, but when I got a full-time job, and, um, you know, was working a lot and had a little more money. I, I kind of stopped cooking as much. And then this year, I basically just said, like, I want to be able to do something, like, something that has nothing to do with, like, you know, my career or, like, computers or anything. Just something that is just, like, a life skill. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to try to learn to cook, like, pretty well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm not vegan, but I've been cooking mostly vegan stuff and it's been a really good experience to like be able to be able to like deconstruct something and understand like, oh, this is like where flavor comes from. And then also just the experience of like cooking for other people um, is is really great. And I don't know that I would cook as much if it was just for me, but like my roommate and I trade off. Mm hmm. And um, yeah, it's a really great feeling. It's a very healthy feeling. Yeah. yeah. I'm saying like in this sense of like how it engages your, I don't know, kind of like a lot of, it engages a lot of oneself if you're mm -hmm. really focused or paying attention to it and also enjoying it, you know? Because uh, it is fun if you like get over the self pressure or something like that. You know, and I do think that like it cooking like a lot of things probably feels more mystifying or magical than it might really be, which is actually a very cool discovery, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, there's like a lot of like, I don't know, core foundational or building block type things to it. They're just very like nice to discover, like, and then you can just keep using them in other applications. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah I, I like all of it. Like the sights, sounds, smells, touches, et cetera. Like, yeah, I've had this experience a few times since I started cooking more where, you know, I'll, I'll be cooking something and I'll be, you know, like cutting up some vegetables or something. And then I'll just like eat a little bit. Like I'll cut off a bit of like a, yeah. a radish or something and just like eat a little bit and just be like, wow. It's like, and th there's no way to say this, to like express this feeling without seeming really like hippie or like, <clears throat> or, or weird, but just like, wow, I can't believe that like, that this like this radish grew out of the ground and then I got to eat it.
I've been getting more and more of a uh, an inkling that like there's something going on recently with a lot of things, but not the least of which, which is like a pretty simple one, but very funny to point out is like, I'm starting to realize that there are some people that I'm noticing in my life that like are doing the same patterns as me, but at different intervals. Mm. And I think you might be one of them a little bit with regard to your travel patterns. Oh. Um, because of you ending up in Seattle. And I don't even know what you're doing in Seattle, but like you left on the day I returned to New York. And then there's another thing that <laughs> lines up like that where um, there's a friend of mine and I that we have already determined a lot of like being like twin mirrors of each other kinds of business and yeah. essentially like twice now on two different parts of round trips in this calendar year, like we keep buying tickets while the target's moving and not talking to each other about it, like on the same day that the other person decides to leave New York and then to go to LA and vice versa. I mean, that's, it feels that's like, like synchronicity, right? That's yeah. Young. And it also feels like some ideas I've been seeing about like how our nervous systems are possibly more intelligent than we know them to be, um, like independently intelligent, that is to say, and that also that they might have more, they might be using like essentially it seems like electromagnetic um, pathways like on earth to as like a compass kind of. Huh. I haven't looked into this with regards to anything with flight patterns or anything, but it's just like, a thing that I've been hearing about now and again, and I'm also noticing a pattern with that like topic that feels practical or probable in some regard. Um, another yeah. idea like that that I started looking up today was one about solar cycles or solar magnetic activity cycles, which are like approximately 11 year changes in the sun's activity. Um, it's just like how much sunspots and how much phenomena is happening, but it tends to be like an 11 uh, year thing more or less. And like, it kind of creates like almost like polarity flips, it seems like in the orbits around it. Um, and I'm wondering also, I literally just found out about this this morning. So I have not tried to like sit down with the calendar and dates. And actually saying that with the calendar and dates, once again, like I said, it's not actually super interesting to me in all this. Mm. I don't know about you. Like I'm not someone like, let's say if like, I just like carried on down this like rabbit hole of info that I found some like key piece of information about something about like how things work in the universe. Like, I guess that's cool, but I don't even know really that like I want that, <laughs> right? <laughs> like I don't know like I think like life is pretty understandably what you're able to make of it regardless of how much free will you do or don't have by whatever metric anyone on earth has decided whether that's religion or career mm. or or electromagnets or solar flares or astrology or otherwise right like I feel like it doesn't matter what the reason is whether it's ghosts or witches or video games or virtual reality or anything like i just feel like at this point it's pretty irrefutable right like the numbers of choices we do have the possibility to make i think people just tend to be pretty uncreative or unimaginative and also afraid i've been very afraid at times in my life 
um, to make maybe stronger, bolder decisions for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. When you brought up, um, yeah, these like these kinds of patterns, I, um, yeah, I want to ask you, uh, well, I kind of wanted to ask you, you know, about your take on why ketamine is like a moment historical drug in the same way that that um you know cocaine was in the 80s and things like that but i i also wanted to ask um if you have the same experience of it that I, that i have had which is this sense of like really intense significance Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people describe that happening with weed as well, but that's never been my experience. Um, yeah. Weed just sort of kind of can make me feel uncomfortable, but K. I think any one illicit drug or religion or some experience, yeah, is like something that helps someone feel that. Um, I think for me, sure. K as well, more than anything else. But like you said, for some people, it's weed. Um, hell, it seems like some people feel most significant on Coke, which is like. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah, wow. <laughs> uh, but okay. <laughs> I feel like to put it in a way like I feel like it's a tool with which you can use to um learn to understand something about anything in the sense of like how to empathize with anything or anyone. That's a way that I feel about it. That's and that can literally be like a piece of lint or like a rock with moss or like your friend or yourself or like the hair that fell in front of your face. Like, I think it allows you to uh, kind of adopt a perspective, uh, except it seems real. Hell, maybe it is real. I don't know. I do get a sense that like anything else, right? that's especially a little more out there. Like you gotta be like more responsible and careful maybe, especially since it's the unknown and uh, more and more of the unknown, more of the undocumented. And uh, I would say that those warnings are fair to apply to K as well, as much as anything else. Like that would also be to say like someone that actually goes on too heavy of an acid trip or get rolls too hard or takes too many mm-hmm. mushrooms or t- has a horrible ayahuasca thing or something like that or what have you. Like, um, I think the same caution needs to be exercised with it as well. I think people think that you can like just do sh- huge rails of it all night long in this like kind of renegade way or something. And it's like, sure. But it's also like, I really think that might be like not a good idea. Right. I don't know yeah. how yet, and I don't know how long it'll take to manifest into something that's more collectively understood. But like, it just is a hunch I have. And then, yeah, like I think people don't get like as much obvious health issues from it, you know, um, or health manifestations or psychological ones and things. I think people tend to usually fall into a K-hole or fall into a fairly passive or disassociative state with it. And then it's not really up or down. It's sort of like sideways, parallel, diagonal mm-hmm. kind of in terms of I would like say, yeah, that's perkiness. how I've described it in the past. Um, like not, you're not I might have some down, more but... observations about why that is. But once again, like I don't really want to like be positing like half theses like um 
especially since I'm not like a a I am not an academic researcher. Um, but I am someone who's been doing like personal research my whole life on like a lot of things. And I do have a knack for science and and I do have a knack for understanding uh, things very quickly. I don't know. I actually have like, I have a lot of, like I told you all the things I kind of want to do with my life and I'm fine with that. And I also want to move to Asia. That's another big one. I mm. just, I just know I wanted to do it eventually. But if I ever get around to ever being able to like, I don't know, maybe try to actually like pierce the veil of academia ever with some help. And maybe if I decide to take some classes, or I don't fucking know, but all I'm trying to say is like, I feel like people like you and I, like with like time and experience and I don't know, like would be people that could probably be very helpful to people who are more data driven and academic to like maybe understand or synthesize some things about what this can actually do that is like beneficial for people and also maybe applicable, broadly applicable. Yeah. Um, because it feels like once again, with ketamine therapy, they're sort of shooting around in the dark to me from what mm. I've read about it. Like you do IM or you do it however, and then they sit there with you. And then it's almost like talking to someone like while they're, it's like hypnotherapy almost, or like, like, you know, like trying to take a dive into someone's subconscious. It feels like, right. Like, um, and like, I know that there's probably definitely use in that of like, what, however flow whatever flow or lane of communication someone happens to be in when they're in that state, I suppose. And I, I'm sure there's still also like a good beneficial, even just chemical balance aspect to it. That's, that's a byproduct of that therapy session as well. But I still feel like they're just kind of like shooting around in the dark. And I actually feel like I might have some, like I have notes and stuff and I'll just get around to this shit someday. But I, yeah, I just feel like, um, <laughs> I have some like interesting insight uh, that might be practical into like trying to distill or synthesize it into language a bit more than just randomness and like saying like, yay, we're getting success. It's somewhere like, you know what trazodone is, right? Um, it's like an Italian medication from the 70s and it's generally, uh, yeah. uh, uh, it's generally a sleep aid, but it was originally created as an antidepressant. Um, nobody hardly uses an antidepressant anymore. People usually use it as a sleep aid that they don't even like that much. But I knew someone once who was dealing with some like, you know, just like mania and like bipolar stuff. And uh, the trazodone like helped that better than any other meds of more serious or intense nature that they, than the, that they had, had ever been on. So hmm. once again, like we just like, fuck around and f like fuck around and find out is so that the scientific process no matter what they say <laughs> to me at least yeah. like i just feel like no matter how much they dress it up like in regalia and academia it's like more or less the scientific process is fuck around and find out i mean yeah i think i i think that is that is like the experimental method that is like the scientific method is literally fuck around and find out if your thesis was correct or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and sometimes it's like you use a mouse or you use someone else's body. People definitely used to use their own bodies all the time, right? I think that was so cool. I think yeah. people should do that more often. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And you know, people like like with Aunt, like whoever ate a sea urchin first, like someone was just like, fuck it. <laughs> like, you right. know, 
Yeah, because like what the fuck around part is just like observation question, research topic area and hypothesis and then find out is like experiment testing, data analysis and conclusion reports. Like, <laughs> like there you go. Scientific method. Parts of the scientific method. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. I, you and I deserve degrees where I don't have one. <laughs> or at least do. Uh, at least 70s in high school chemistry. Yes, at least that. Um, I think you and I should definitely talk more or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just like feel like we probably have a lot of observations that might like fit in a fun way at some point. Yeah, definitely. We should hang um, some Yeah, yeah. Um, especially now that things are all just normal now, right? It's like nothing ever happened. Uh, yeah, nothing ever happened. Everything's yeah. normal. And like most things, like this country like overshoots the mark on everything. It's like, we can't even give vaccines away. Like we have way too many of them. Like mm-hmm. Biden was on TV, like talking about an incentive program to try to get people to want to take them. <laughs> and it's just like, oh my God. And then it's like similar to like, you know how men are terrible at apologizing and saying sorry for real? Generally speaking, like America's like that too, right? It's like <laughs> we kept saying we learned all these hard ass, real ass lessons from COVID and the pandemic, and we're like, like having a come to Jesus moment, you know? And then, like, the second it's like things are like maybe going to be back to normal, and the second like Cuomo had some like heat on him, he's just like, gyms are back open now. And people are just like, and it seems like everybody instantly forgot like what happened like the last year and a half. Like a lot of people, it feels yeah. like. Um, it's a little morbid, but hey, you know, full circle back to just laughing about it online more than anything. <laughs> Cause it's like all I can really do that is healthy with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to tell people where they can find you online or would you prefer that people not yeah, find yeah. you? Yeah, um, yeah. I'm... All lowercase moon diagrams, one word is my Insta, and then uh, Twitter, which is really where I'm most active, is uh, moon diagrams as well, but it is a uh, capital M, and then lowercase O-O-N, and then a subscore, and then diagrams with the capital D, and then plural diagrams. Um, So yeah, I don't know what else to say, but... Uh, <laughs> cool. No, that's but great. cool. Thank you so much for having yeah. me. This is really cool. It's just yeah. fun to like talk about stuff like openly, but also not try to act like we're like on the Joe Rogan show or something. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. very much not the Joe Rogan show. Yeah. Um, I, I wish. Um, yeah. Well, thanks. Your so bank much. account wishes. <laughs> My bank account wishes. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, and, totally. Um, I will see you for you uh, next week. Bye. K-Hole is a fanbyte.com production hosted by Merrick K and produced by Jordan Mallory. Follow the show on Twitter at K-Hole World. Follow Merritt on Twitter at Merritt K. Follow Jordan on Twitter at Jordan underscore Mallory. For more information on the nervous system and its ability to handle all of your air travel needs, visit fanbyte.com slash podcasts or go to podcastnet.org.